0: Of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Hopefully, the old uh, mouth will work this morning, and we'll get through some of the podcast topics that we have for you Gene Smith's extension at Ohio State, a new Ohio State assistant basketball coach, and the odds makers love the football Buckeyes. Also, good news on the horizon if you're a Bengal fan, and a faith portion at the end, as always. So, thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Hope, uh, if you're listening today, you're building toward a great weekend. If you're catching up while you're in the midst of your weekend, I hope it's awesome. And it looks like it's going to be warm. Maybe you get out to the golf course. Maybe you're like me. You like to spend Saturday on your mower and, um, catch up on podcasts and things of that nature. I'd be honored if you're listening, uh, in that realm because, Hey, your time is precious to you. And the fact that you share it with me is precious to me. So thanks so much for, uh, Inviting me into your mind, into your ears, and hopefully uh, give you some good information and some good guidance at the end of the podcast. I want to thank our sponsor, auinfo.com. They are awesome. They are there to help you if you're a business person, a group of one, which means you're a sole proprietor. Whether you have a small business, two people up to 50, they're a small business. They understand small business. They understand that it's a hassle for you to go through your benefits package and a lot of research, a lot of wasted time, a lot of hand-wringing and what does this mean and can I believe in this benefit and that and the other. And let AUI do all that for you, okay? So I know a lot of you folks who listen are professional people. Um, AUI is a great resource. And just trust me on this. You're going to love Chrissy. Chrissy is the mastermind at AUIInfo.com. She's a hard worker and she prizes her clients because... That's how she stays in business. You don't pay Chrissy. the insurance companies pay Chrissy. The service to you is free, but you can't put a price on her expertise. Trust me, she is awesome. I love Chrissy. and um, so auiinfo.com type your questions into their chat. You're not obligated to anything when you do that. You don't have to have a login to get into the site. you don't have to pay to get your questions answered. It is truly free. It's one of the few exceptions to the rule in life that you get what you pay for, because in auiinfo.com's case, you get way more than you pay for, because you don't pay them. Okay, let's get to the uh, headlines of the day. I guess the big headline, because most of you are Ohio State fans, is that Gene Smith is going to work, apparently, until age 70. He got a contract extension through 2026. Okay, he got a big raise. He's now a $2 million a year man. He got a lot of salary bonuses for the football team, basketball team's season accomplishments. Okay, elephant in a room time. I'm not a big, huge fan of Gene, and Gene is not a big, huge fan of me, okay? I've been critical of some things Gene has done over the years, and Gene doesn't like it, which is certainly his purview. Most of us aren't warm and fuzzy toward people who criticize us. Uh, I think my criticism of him is justifiable, let's put it that way. I think when you're the AD at Ohio State and you're the head of the NCAA Basketball Tournament Selection Committee and you're the number one overall seed in the tournament and you end up with one of the toughest draws in the tournament and you don't get to the Final Four, I know he leaves the room when the brackets are discussed and all that. I get it. But, like Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. So, I didn't think that was super... A super sterling item on Gene's resume. But the biggest uh, thing that I have an issue with is that for someone like Gene, who's been on every NCAA committee known to man and a few that aren't known to man, uh, it's his job, it's expected of him to lead and to have insight into what's coming down the pike in NCAA matters when you're under NCAA investigation, which Ohio State was because of, you know, Tattoo Gate with the football program. Gene Smith said on the record at the time that Ohio State would not get failure to monitor and they would not get lack of institutional control. He was right. They didn't get either one. They got both. And hence, Urban Meyer's first year at Ohio State, Ohio State was ineligible to play in a bowl game they were 12-0, and 0. they would have played in the national championship game against Notre Dame and Montai Teow's fake girlfriend, and they would have beaten Notre Dame like a drum. And Urban Meyer would have an extra national championship ring. He would have four instead of three. And Ohio State would have another national championship, and it would have come in a rout over Notre Dame, in my opinion. And they have one man to blame for that, and that man is Gene Smith. And so I can't fathom how he has survived as long as he has at Ohio State. If you had told me on March 10th, 2011, with Gordon Gee, Jim Tressel, and Gene Smith standing up front, when Tress admitted that he knew about Tattoo Gate in advance of the players admitting it in December, and that led to Tress's firing on Memorial Day a couple months later, that was the infamous night that, Gene's, that uh, Gordon Gee said, I just hope the coach doesn't dismiss me. If you had told me that night that of those three men standing up front in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center confessing to uh, egregious violations on the part of Jim Trestle, which lying to the NCAA in their eyes is the most egregious violation, if you had told me that night that Gene Smith was going to outlast Gordon Gee and Jim Tressel, I would have told you you were crazy. If you had told me that night that Gene Smith was going to have if he serves to the end of this extension, 15 more years at Ohio State? I would have given you a coat with sleeves that tie in the back. But he has. He is Survivor Buckeye Island. So congratulations, Gene. I don't know how you've done it. Um, I'm sure you're a brilliant businessman, I happen to think the Ohio State athletic program pretty much runs on autopilot because of the cash money machine that is Ohio State football and the love that everybody has for them, uh, but there are people there who know a whole lot more than I do, and they think you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, I will say this. The Urban Meyer love for Gene, always professed publicly, was uh, great theater, but Urban did not view Gene in any real sense as his boss because Urban was hired without Gene's input at all. Uh, This I am absolutely 100% certain of. I can't tell you how I'm certain of it, but I'm as certain of it as I am that I'm sitting here in this chair today. So um, good for you, Gene. Keep on keeping on. Uh, You are uh, viewed as one of the best in your profession and I'm sure you've done some things to earn that reputation. Uh, I just do not happen to be um, your biggest fan. I'm probably your biggest critic. And I am not, you're not a fan of mine. So we'll just both keep doing what we're doing. And I don't wish you any ill personally, but I am baffled why anyone would pay any athletic director $2 million a year. And I am also baffled, I will say. That any athletic director deserves any salary bonus at all for anything a football program or a basketball program does. This is not a comment that is aimed directly at Gene Smith. This is a comment that's aimed at any school in the country. It is ludicrous to me that an athletic director would be given a salary bonus for what a football team or a basketball team does because it's not any extra work for the athletic director. You hire the coach, you give him the resources to succeed, you get out of his way. Yeah, okay, you might support him in some way, shape, or form, put one of your minions onto the travel arrangements for a trip to the Fiesta Bowl or a trip to the Final Four or whatever. But in general, I'm anti-salary bonus for coaches and athletic directors because, as legendary Ohio State golf coach Jim Brown once told me when I asked him about salary bonuses, and Brownie at that point in time had won 18 Big Ten championships, I said, did you ever get a salary bonus? For any of your Big Ten championships, did you ever get a salary bonus for being one of the supremely rare northern schools to win a national championship in golf? And Brownie said, no, I never did. And I said, does that upset you? And he said, no, it doesn't. I said, why not? And Brownie said, "And this is my view, because I thought it was my job to win. In other words, I'm here to win. And if I win, I'm paid to win. So I don't need to be paid more to win more because presumably when you hire a coach, you hire him to win the ultimate prize, whether it's a final four or whether it's a national championship. And the whole concept of a salary bonus is predicated around working harder to accomplish something that is believed to be out of the realm of possibility. Is it out of the realm of possibility for Ohio State to win the national championship in football? Do they lack resources? Do they lack recruiting cachet? Do they lack coaching expertise? No. Basketball, same thing. Women's basketball, same thing. Baseball, same thing. So wrestling, same thing. So I don't and I don't believe the coaches look at it like Oh man, we made the college football playoff and now I have to work an extra month. Like they'd rather be coaching football than recruiting. So they're going to be working in the month of December regardless. So why are you paying them more? Because you are already paying them to be working in the month of December within the confines of their base salary. So I do not understand salary bonuses for coaches and ADs, particularly in a uh, system, NCAA athletics, where the plea is always, there's just not enough money to pay the athletes. There's just not enough money to pay the athletes, but there's enough money to give an athletic director $50,000 extra if his football team wins the conference championship. Like if you want to build in salary bonuses for that, then I think you ought to have to pay 75 grand if you don't win the Big Ten championship because you've underachieved. You ought to have to give some money back. Okay, do we want to get into that realm? No, I don't think we do. So I'm salty on salary bonuses uh, because you're hired to do a job. So do it. If you don't want to do the job, my guess is we'll be able to find somebody else who would be happy to do that job for you in your place. So I'm just like, not in on the salary bonus thing, and I think it's utterly ridiculous, utterly ridiculous for school presidents or for, or for athletic directors or for any administrator to get a salary bonus because the people under them achieve. They're supposed to hire the best people. They're supposed to hire people who can achieve. They're paid to hire those people. Once they hire those people, they are presumably doing the job they've been hired to do. If they do it well, why would you pay them more? That is what you're paying them to do, period. So I think I'm clear on the fact that I'm all out on salary bonuses uh, for coaches, but less so for coaches than I am for ADs and school presidents. School president gets a salary bonus if X number of students have X grade average? Dumb. That's what he's there for, to give them a good education. So <laughs> I, think I, I think I've think i beat, as the great John Cooper said once, I've beaten that dead horse to death. Yes, cruelty to animals on the topic of salary bonuses for coaches and administrators. All right. Uh, Remember, I need to calm down. I don't think I'd calm down if I had a shot of Jamaica Me Crazy from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters or one of their breakfast blends that give you that little extra shot of oomph to get your day started but I'm sure they have a coffee that would calm me down. And I'm sure that just the mere fact that I would be sipping on delicious Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee might calm me down. You should be doing the same. Wedding gifts, graduation gifts, kids love coffee. Don't buy something off the wedding registry. Bleh, boring. Oh, we got him a plate. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. So did six other people got him a plate. Get them something, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com coffee, where they're going to continue to buy it. Where'd you get that coffee? It was awesome. We got to order more. And they'll never forget what you got them for graduation or for a wedding gift. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use the promo code WE life in all caps when you order, and you'll get 15% off from my friends at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right. Looks like Gene Smith and Ryan Day and the coaching staff are going to get salary bonuses this fall because if FanDuel can be believed... The Buckeyes are going to have a big year, and FanDuel can be believed. Ohio State is going to have a big year. The odds are out for the Buckeyes in 2021, and aside from the Oregon game, they are a double-digit favorite in each of their other three toughest games, presumably, of course, because they haven't been played yet. They're a nine-point favorite over Oregon. An 11-point favorite over Indiana. An 11.5-point favorite, 11.5-point favorite at Penn State. No, Penn State's home, my bad. 11.5-point uh, favorite over Penn State. And a 12.5-point favorite, no, excuse me, 11.5-point favorite over Michigan. So, Michigan and Penn State are presumably, according to FanDuel, not as tough a games as Indiana. Indiana's on the road, Michigan's on the road, Penn State's at home, Oregon's at home. So, uh, and the Indiana game and the Penn State game are back-to-back at the end of October, October 23rd and October 30th. So, Ohio State, 11.5 point favorite over Michigan. All right, so when I saw that, I'm like, oh, you're not a betting man, but if you were, that's a line I'd jump all over. Ohio State over Michigan by 11 and a half. Boom. Get rich, kids. Well, then thanks to the immaculate research of the uh, very talented guys at 11 Warriors, I learn that Ohio State was last a double-figure favorite in a game it played, because last year they didn't play the Michigan game. Uh, 11, 11 and a half point favorite. In the Michigan game when's the last time they were favored by that amount or more 2017 Buckeyes were favored by 12 and a half and they won 31 to 20 I think that was the JT Barrett got hurt Dwayne Haskins came in and rescued him game and that was dicey for a while that game so they didn't cover so beware the gift line is very rarely a true gift line it's like a sucker pin in golf. Ah, I'm going to go for that. Oops, I'm in the water. Oops, I'm in the trap. Oops, I'm short-sighted. So don't go in the water. Don't go in the trap. Don't short yourself when it comes to laying your money on the Buckeyes. And certainly don't do it based upon anything I say here on the We Tackle Life podcast because uh, I'm not a betting man, and I'm certainly not a betting expert. Uh, Ohio State Hoops has filled out its coaching staff with Tony Skin. An assistant coach from Seton Hall, and you say, I know that name. Tony Skin, Tony Skin, Tony Skin. Tony Skin was the point guard on Jim Laranaga's George Mason team that made it to the Final Four. Jim Laranaga's team that made it to the Final Four. So if you attended Ohio State's loss to Georgetown in the NCAA tournament, the year before Greg Oden and, Th- and Mike Conley and Daquan Cook attended Ohio State. So if you attended Ohio State's loss to Georgetown at UD Arena in 2006, if you got there early, you watched Tony Skin play because George Mason played North Carolina earlier that day and upset Tyler Hansbro and North Carolina on their way to the Final Four. So, Tony Skin, really nice player. Apparently, he has recruiting ties in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area, which is a great area to have recruiting ties in. Ohio State has not gotten guys out of there. They've done okay in New York. But uh, hopefully, Tony Skin, who has no discernible tie to Chris Holtman, will round out the staff and do a good job taking Terry Johnson's place. Uh, he should, I would think, help them. You know who he could really help, I hope, is uh, Michi Johnson. Although, you know, Holtman was a point guard and um, Michi's a point guard, but, you know, Tony Skin, great point guard at George Mason, played professionally for six years, so we will see uh, what kind of impact he makes on the Ohio State basketball program. If you need an attorney to keep someone from infringing on your legal rights or to defend your legal rights, Willis Spangler-Starling will do a great job for you. They are my attorney. I can't give anyone a higher recommendation than I use them myself. I use Willis Spangler-Starling, and today uh, my radio show at 98.9 The Answer, I'll talk to an attorney from Willis Spangler-Starling. Most uh, likely it will be Stan Willis, uh, one of the four partners at Willis Spangler-Starling. They handle any case that would be in the realm of the biggies, workers' comp, wills' estate planning, probate, uh, personal injury, all that. They do most of their cases on a flat fee basis, so you know exactly what your investment uh, is, and they'll give you a free consultation. So Willis Spangler-Starling, they're online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, and uh, please mention that you heard about them on the We Tackle Life podcast. All righty, there is an NFL uh, Network segment recently, was an NFL Network segment recently, where they were predicting below-the-radar MVP candidates, and somebody threw out Joe Burrow's name. Joe Burrow will play in the Bengals' season opener, barring setbacks from his ongoing recovery from knee surgery, September the 12th against Rick Spielman's Minnesota Vikings. And that will, of course, be, presuming he's healthy, the debut of Jamar Chase, And uh, we'll see what Joe Burrow can do with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd in the lineup. Could Joe Burrow put up MVP-type numbers? Sure, he could. Say He's only in his second year. He's only in his second year, Bruce. Like, keep the MVP pressure off of Joe Burrow. Pat Mahomes won the MVP in his second year. And Lamar Jackson won the MVP in his second year. So it can be done. And uh, I don't know that I would uh, favor Joe Burrow. But did any of us pick him to win the Heisman Trophy? No. Did he make a quantum leap in his second year at LSU? Yes. So I thought that was an interesting choice. And uh, nobody's looking at the Bengals as a threat in the AFC North. People think, oh, the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers. Woo, watch out, man. Three good teams. Hey, the Cincinnati Bengals rookie class last year was a very good rookie class. and. If they've drafted well this year, who knows? Burrow uh, is um, a number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield is a number one overall pick. Ben Roethlisberger was a first round pick. And Lamar Jackson was a first round pick, which makes the AFC North the only conference in the NFL where every team is quarterbacked by a former first round pick. So. There's a little trivia for you. Throw that one out at the watering hole and see if it gets you a free beverage. All right. Uh, With that, I think I've hit all the biggies. We have Gene. We have salary bonuses. We have Browns. We have Bengals. I don't really have anything on the Browns except I don't like that the Browns aren't getting together. Their veterans aren't getting together for minicamp. Get over the whole COVID thing, will you, please? And the Bengals are. Uh, 21 teams are not holding, uh, mini camps, you know, physical in-person mini camps. The Bengals are can't, it can't be bad for you. Oh, COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like all those guys have been vaccinated and they'll all be fine. So I like that the Bengals are getting together. I don't like that. The Browns aren't, I don't like guys that do the minimum. I like guys that do more than the maximum or at the maximum somewhere between the two. So, uh, Good luck. Good luck. Uh, to the Bengals in their minicamp and Browns, I think you're making a mistake not getting together for minicamp. I'd like to talk a little bit about purpose today in the faith portion of the podcast. And I was thinking about this on Sunday. We often ponder our purpose in this life. There was a book, in fact, I think I have it up on my bookshelf. I know I do by Rick Warren, Saddleback Church in California, The Purpose-Driven Life. Phenomenon. I mean, a pastor writing a book about purpose and sold millions and millions and millions and millions of copies. And it has done great things throughout the world in terms of Rick Warren's ministry. He took the money and plugged it into his ministry. I'm not vouching for the veracity of the book. It's been too long since I read it. I'm sure there'd be some things in it I really like, and I'm sure there'd be some things in it where it might be a little squishy. The point is, people in this life want to have a purpose. We are geared to achieve things. We are made in such a way that we like to think we're accomplishing something. And purpose is the umbrella under which all of that falls. Another way to say it is, what are you living for? What's the meaning of life? All those kinds of things, the big questions that people wrestle with. The great thing about having faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior is that you can answer that question with certainty. What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? What am I doing here? What am I here for? Well, you're here to fulfill the Great Commission, which Jesus said, go into all the world, teach them to obey my commandments, and uh, spread the good news of the gospel. Uh, teaching them to be, you know, put their faith in me, that I have provided the payment for their sins. You can live in peace knowing that you are forgiven, but you can be, should be, must be, motivated to teach the parable of the good soil, the parable of the four soils with the one good soil was, um, you know, hear the word, retain it, retain it, hear it, retain it, proclaim it. Proclaim it means tell others about what Jesus can do for them, and then produce a harvest. You're not the producer. God makes it happen. Uh, There's a proverb, one of my favorite proverbs, uh, which says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So you can have plans. A lot of people now have what they think is a noble purpose. They're going to crusade for this cause, that cause, this belief system, that belief system. There are a lot of people who are motivated by a purpose. But is it a godly purpose, or is it their own personal purpose? Another proverb I like, there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end, it leads to death. There are a lot of motivated people in the world now that they are progressing down a path that seems right to them. But what kind of tests can we apply to see if the path down which we are progressing is a path that is in line with God's purpose for our life? Again, God's purpose for our life is that we share the gospel, that we personify the gospel, that we model the gospel that we mentor people in the gospel to bring them to him so that their life can have that purpose, okay? But there are many other purposes. There are people who are invested in politics. There are people that are invested in social issues. There are people that are invested in all kinds of things, and some of those things are good some of those things are you know feeding the poor helping the disadvantaged all those things you can certainly portray those things as good as noble but why are they being done that's the test you know many are the plans in a man's heart i'm doing this it's good but is the lord's purpose that prevails so if we're doing those good things for our own glorification or because this is how the world ought to be? Well, that's our opinion, okay? Now, some people say that's my truth. My truth is my opinion, because if my truth differs from your truth, truth isn't fluid, (laughs) right? One plus one, there's a defined answer to that. The answer to one plus one is the truthful answer. Somebody can say, yeah, but I think one plus one is three. That's my truth. No, that's your opinion. It's incorrect. So truth is not fluid. Only, you know, in certain realms, only one thing can be true. So you can think you're doing great things, but you're doing them for the wrong reasons, doing them for the wrong motivation. Uh, God says everything is to be done to glorify him out of gratitude for what he's done for us. Okay? Okay. So I find a great um, voice of insight into these matters to be James, the brother of Jesus. The book of James in the New Testament was not written by James, the brother of John, who was, you know, with Peter, one of Jesus's top two disciples. James, the brother of John, was also a disciple. He was one of the twelve. But the book of James in the Bible is not written by that James, uh, it's written by James, the brother of Jesus. And I was reading that book today. It's really the book that got me back into the Word of God and really provided me direction at a time in my life when I really needed it. And so I want to share a couple verses with you from the book of James. And one of them is James one twenty, which says, The anger of man does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. The anger of man does not bring about, make happen, result in the righteousness good deeds that God desires the anger of man so we have a lot of people in our society now that are crusading for this that the other on both sides of the aisle blah blah, blah all all over the place all over the world if their motivation if for their purpose for their actions for their deeds is born of anger you can see the anger play out right how, do, how are they making their case? Are they making their case in an angry way? Are they making their case in a way that reflects the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of Christ inside us? Well, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, understanding. Do you see that in the purposes that are being played out in the news? Or do you see anger? The anger of man does not bring about the righteousness, the good deeds that God desires. That's from the book of James. Okay, so also um, another verse that I really love in James is, Where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Where you have envy and selfish ambition, I want what you have. I'm going to get what you have. I want, I, 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 I want to be the boss. I want to be this. I want to be that. Selfish ambition. Born of envy. I don't like you. I'm jealous of you. You have this. I want it. So where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, unrest, you know, lack of peace, and every evil practice. Boy, that's very timely, is it not? And that's from James 2, 16. So this is all, I think, very applicable to where we are in our world right now. So purpose is important, but the motivation behind the purpose is also Important, and I would argue more important because the anger of man does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. And if it's from envy and selfish ambition, it can't produce something good, it'll produce something evil. So, I think for I believe firmly that God orders our lives, each one of us, with a plan and a purpose for us, He equips us to accomplish that purpose. You know, he he gives us talents and gifts and abilities. There are many abilities I don't have. There are some abilities I do have. I have the ability, I think, to think fairly quickly on my feet. I have the ability to sit here and talk into a microphone, <laughs> whatever that's worth, uh, where some people, if you said, sit in front of a microphone and give me like five minutes of semi-coherent thoughts. Well, they couldn't do it. they have other gifts that they can do. I can't build things. My father used to call me a barn carpenter. When I'd try to build something, he'd see all the flaws in it. There were many flaws in it. So that's a gift I don't have. But God gives each of us gifts to accomplish the purpose and plan that he has for our lives. And so when we get away from that, when we stray from that, then We get into trouble because very often when we stray from that plan and that purpose, we are straying not just in what we do, but in how we do it. Because if we do not reflect the fruits of the Spirit in our life, in our endeavors, our cause, our mission, our purpose, if we're not reflecting the the fruits of the Spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, understanding. We're off the path. We're off track. And there are people who do it for quote unquote noble purposes. Oh, this is I'll I'll go help these people. I'll go do this. I'll go stop this. I'll go eliminate this. I'll go conquer this. But they're not doing it for a noble purpose. They're not doing it for God. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it out of envy. They're doing it for selfish ambition. And what results from that? Evil evil, unrest. And they don't do it reflecting the gifts that are manifested in you, produced by you when you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And the only way you can have the Holy Spirit of God is only one way. Accept Jesus as your Savior. And then he says, then I'll give you the helper. I'll give you the Holy Spirit so he'll dwell in you. He'll be in you, with you, and upon you to guide you into all truth. So, what is the force in you? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from your own selfish ambition, your own evil desires? Are you off the path that God has for you? Are you using the gifts and talents he's given you? Like, you know, I probably misused the gifts and talents he gave me at the beginning of this podcast when I was railing about salary bonuses. That probably wasn't the greatest use of my gifts. So, we can get into those Kinds of situations in our life. We can be motivated by things we think are good, but we're not viewing them through this prism that God has established for us, which is everything we need to do needs to be done in his spirit with the outgrowths of that spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. So um, we do a lot of things out of pride, rebellion, Lack of prayer, lust, envy. So just uh, do a check on what you're engaged in, what you're driving toward, what you're hoping to accomplish. And ask yourself is this something that God has equipped me for? And am I doing it in a way that glorifies Him and reflects His spirit in me? That's a test I need to apply to myself very often. So. You hold me accountable, I'll try to encourage you and enlighten you, and empower you to do the same in your life. I'm very passionate about these kinds of things, very passionate that I not waste a day, and um, very passionate that I'm clear that there is one way to heaven. It is through the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and what He did at the cross, dying for our sins so we can be forgiven of our shortcomings and our sinfulness, and our rebellion, and our pride, um, and our propensity to stray from his path. So with that, I thank you for your time. I hope you have an awesome weekend. Make good use of the weather. Enjoy the beauty of God's creation, and I will talk to you again Monday here on the We Tackle Life podcast.